We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, KJ Podcast. What up, my people? Hope everyone's having a great January. Happy to be back with you. We're going to be delivering you 49ers content. A lot going on in the NFL that relates to the 49ers. Five coaches have been hired. There's some inner workings that maybe relate to SF and the league in general. Definitely want to get there. Coaching movement going on in Santa Clara. Jeff Halfley is now the co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State. And I am hearing there are offensive coaches in the building in Santa Clara who are garnering job interests right now. Not going to air those rumors on this podcast, but... Kyle's going to hope he can keep his offensive staff intact. Could be a couple promotions in the books. I don't think you've heard the last of a 49ers coach to leave this season. KJ Podcast, at Blue Wire Pods on Twitter. We're up. We're running. Really pumped. We announced Laker Film Room last week. Great to work with Pete Zayas, Darius Soriano. That's exactly the type of content we want. Hyper-local, unique those guys are awesome on Twitter. That's, that's exactly the branding we're hoping for. And check out the website too. We're doing little recaps, little blogs. Appreciate you following that. Yeah, I mean, takeaway number one, honestly, is Matt LaFleur getting a head coaching job, a Kyle Shanahan disciple. Many people don't know, Matt LaFleur was in the quarterback's room with Kirk Cousins, RG3 that first year, led foundations for their career. Went through all the film clips of Vince Young, Tim Tebow, Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick, and started to put together an offense for RG3 right when they drafted him. This wasn't some last-minute decision. The Redskins built an offense for RG3 that year, Baylor-style, built it from scratch, and Matt LaFleur was a part of it, and Kyle Shanahan was a part of it, and Sean McVay was a part of it, and the Packers hired this guy first. 
they were the first team to pick and it wasn't Adam Gase or a retread. It was someone Kyle has taught how to be a leader, how to be an offensive play caller. So it's really cool to see. And obviously, he's coming from L.A. He's been with Sean McVay the last two years. But he was in Atlanta, and he did want that offensive coordinator job that Steve Sarkeesian got. I know that for a fact. And Dan Quinn kind of blew him out and said, we'll do this without Shanahan if he's going to leave for the Niners. I'll bring in my own guy. He didn't want one of, quote-unquote, Shanahan's cronies. So Matt LaFleur, all right, did he do amazing things with Marcus Mariota last year? Not really. That Dallas game was awesome. They had a couple bright flashes. I'm sure Titans fans are a little befuddled. Wait, this guy's now the head coach of the Packers? He's also really bright, really sharp, 39 years old. That's a good age to be right now as a head coach relating to players and not seeming like a dinosaur and knowing trends in the league. And he's been in the league for 10 years. So takeaway number one, Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree. You count that, I guess, as the first one, Sean McVay. Kyle was kind of the head coach in Washington. People who cover the team then know the plan was for Mike to coach for a few seasons and then become the GM president of football operations while Kyle became the head coach and them to lead the Redskins for years and years and years. Well, Dan Snyder's obviously a disease and poisoned the whole thing, but nevertheless, they called it Redskins lab. It was Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur was right there with them and contributing. And I think you're going to see some play action passing, a lot of innovative schemes in Green Bay that Aaron Rodgers has not had with Mike McCarthy. So it got tougher for the 49ers in the wild card. I think the Packers will be in the hunt next year. They'll be a lot more competitive towards the end of the season. The other young coach who got hired, Cliff Kingsbury, I'm not as obsessed with that move. I'm actually very skeptical of it. And I don't know him personally enough to say, can he be the CEO leadership type head coach? I am wary that he's going to have to build an NFL offense and he's never even been affiliated with the NFL. And I don't want to sound like the old man on my porch, get off my lawn right now, but I'm just wary that he's going to have an experience issue. And I think Josh Rosen's actually worse than we all initially thought. I was obsessed with him coming out. He looks like a worse version of Flacco, Eli Manning, really just not mobile, going to throw a lot of picks and like, I don't think he's that good out of the pocket. His stats were terrible. He doesn't have much around him. You know I mean? Awesome rise for Cliff Kingsbury. I do think it's actually better than Steve Wilkes. They recognized, hey, we just hired a defensive coach in an offensive era. So they tried to do the exact opposite thing. If they would have hired like Todd Bowles, I would have been like, really? You want a, a different leader, I guess, but you want a defensive-minded coach. And those coaches are kind of going the wayside. So the Cardinals... I think they'll be still one of the worst teams in the league next year. They beat the 49ers twice. It needs to be the opposite this time around 2019. SF needs to spank this team if Jimmy G's healthy. They do have the number one pick. I do, And I like I said, I think Steve Kime is still going to be in control of this team. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is going to say, I want personnel control. In fact, I think he's going to say the exact opposite. He's going to say, please get me good players. I need to focus on coaching because this is crazy. Like, I haven't even been around all this, these responsibilities. I've got to do this interview. I'm getting pulled over here and doing that. And I saw Mike Patton go through it really up close and personal. And he's awesome. And I'm, I actually want to give him a shout out. It sounds like he's going to be staying in Green Bay. He was a great guy to learn from. And he let me sit on meetings. He's honestly the man. But it was really difficult his first year. It was probably the longest year of his life. 
and he had been coaching for a while and a D coordinator with the Jets. And the Browns won seven games that year too. So it's I don't think Cliff Kingsbury's ready. And I think in three years, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And like, I don't think Nick Bosa is going to automatically make their defense unbelievable to the point where they can cover up for Cliff Kingsbury and Josh Rosen's growing pains together. Because it's going to be a bad growing pains year, I think, for Cliff Kingsbury. But people like his personality. I don't hate the hire, but I, I really don't like it. Yeah, just running through the list here. I mean, we should shout out Vic Fangio. Probably should have been the 49ers head coach in 2015. Who knows? He might still be here if that's who replaced Jim Harbaugh instead of Jim Tom Sula. Vic Fangio coordinated just another unbelievable defense in Chicago. The fact that he did it twice now in really two kind of different eras. 2011, football was much different than it is in 2018. You give him personnel on defense, you're going to have a top three defense. I would think Denver is going to be in that realm if they get quarterback right. I don't love the Gary Kubiak hire for offensive coordinator. I really would like someone different who hasn't been there before. I think it's a really good chance for him to succeed. I could see Vic Fangio being there five, six, seven years. Case Keenum, not the long-term answer there, but the Broncos are better with Vic Fangio than they are Vance Joseph. What is Cincinnati and Miami? What are they going to do? Yeah, the Cardinals acted fast on Cliff Kingsbury because they were like, you know what? We don't like anyone else. This could be a home run or a dud, but there's a chance it's a home run. So you got to kind of commend Arizona for that. I like the Vic Fangio hire. I was thinking Elway was maybe going to go offensive-minded, but maybe he's got his hands on the offense a lot, and he's chopped up a bad salad in there, and just it stinks. They, they have to figure out offense. I don't know if they'll do anything drastic, like trade up to the number two overall pick to his boy John Lynch. Are they going to like Dwayne Haskins that much? Someone might get desperate here and trade. And we'll talk, we're going to talk 49ers, but I think January, it's good. Big picture. How does this affect the rest of the league? How does this affect the 49ers? Yeah, I think 49ers fans will secretly and maybe even openly root for the Broncos. If they're good, they'll, in the back of their mind, be like, you know what? That's awesome. And I think they play each other every preseason scrimmage against each other. Bruce Arians, I'm torn. If he thinks Jameis can do it, is he just being stubborn or is he really, did he really want a job and he didn't like the TV broadcasting? I don't have a good read on the Bruce Arians thing. I think it could be a flop. I also think they could go nine and seven and see South every year. You got worse to first. Like it wouldn't be that shocking. As we tape this, I'm not sure if Todd Bowles is headed to Chicago or Tampa Bay. Sounds like Arians came out and said like, Todd Bowles is like a son to me, so he's putting the heat on him. Um, if I were Todd Bowles, I'd go to Chicago where I could succeed and then get another head coaching job. And I'd rather live in Chicago because I freaking love Chicago. Yeah, I I don't love the Arians hire. I don't hate it. I would rather, if the 49ers had an opening, I would hire Arians over Mike McCarthy, though. I would probably hire Arians over Vic Fangio because I prefer offensive-minded. But if you have personnel already in place then i would hire vic fangio if you had to rebuild a whole defense i'd be like oh could take a while but i mean he's clearly shown that he can build a defensive winner let's talk about my cleveland browns freddie kitchens an avalanche of circumstances happens and he is named head coach of the cleveland browns really someone pointed out he instigated a fight on hard knocks about player injuries asking hey you know, if someone's sitting out, 
can the coaches say it's on me? Let's what kind of accountability are we holding here? It's awesome. I know my Blue Wire podcasters, Jordan Zerm and Jake Burns, both were calling for Freddie to get hired. It's a weird thing that you would have never predicted. I didn't I didn't know who he was 12 months ago. Not going to lie. There's a lot of assistant coaches around the league that I don't know who they are. I know a, a handful of them. But Freddie Kitchens, former quarterback at Alabama, that you played like a year or two in the league, bounced around a long time. Of course, Colin Coward's killing it. There's going to be a couple people killing it. In the moment right now, I could see the Browns succeeding with this formula. It sucks that Greg Williams was fired. Why can't he take a demotion back down to defensive coordinator? If you're going to keep one thing the same, why not keep everything the same? I get that you're just not going to be able to coexist because he's going to have attitude problems and and be pissed. And really, the other candidate they were interviewing, Kevin Stefanski, um, really, yeah, I'd rather keep my own young offensive mind. If if they were going to hire someone, it would have had to have been someone with prior head coaching experience, like an Adam Gase, but... I don't know. None of it fit. There could be like some bigger names here who don't get other jobs. Vance Joseph, would he come be defensive backs coach for the 49ers? There's a couple openings left. We'll have to monitor to see what happens, but there could be a big fish or two. I don't know, relationships that John Lynch has. He has them with everyone. So I would, I would think there'll be some coaches hitting up John Lynch to see if they can get on Kyle Shanahan's staff. It'll be up to Kyle adding another coach to the mix Depending on who they are, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Like, not Todd Haley, not Hugh Jackson, but certain coaches. Yeah, that's all that's been hired so far. Browns will come to San Francisco next season. You will see a Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo showdown. That'll be fun. Yeah, there's some Niners stuff going on. Let's get there. I want to talk about free agents. There's not many of them. But just internal free agents hitting the market, who they should keep, who they should not. Talk about the turf from the national championship game. Let's start with Jeff Halfley leaving to go to Ohio State. Congrats to him. Was with him in Cleveland as well. Saw him coach Joe Hayden to one of his best seasons. Yeah, I mean, we've criticized the coaching staff some on this. And I didn't think the cornerbacks turned their head a lot. It was different techniques, but... Jeff Halfley is a damn good coach. He's a very good teacher, communicator, motivator. Players love him. He gets them. And I think moving over to college for this promotion is a good career move for him. I don't know who the 49ers are going to get in that corner either. I mean, he's seeing it. If you're a secondaries coach in the NFL, it's a really difficult challenge right now. Go be a defensive coordinator somewhere. Get that title off yourself where, you know, every pass, every touchdown pass and no interceptions i don't blame all that on jeff halfley i blame that more on the seattle scheme i i've been up close with him so good luck to him it does leave a hole open and as i mentioned before if it's not vance joseph if it's a raheem morris marquan manuel is the name that keeps popping up kyle was with him in atlanta i don't know what their relationship is kyle's been around now he's been in houston he's been in washington he's coached with a lot of people he's been in cleveland So I'm sure Kyle has defensive back specialists hitting him up. And I don't think they're going to do what they did with the Mako Ryans. I don't think they're going to give a young coach his first opportunity also with the secondary, also with Robert Sala. Let's get a veteran Papa voice in here. Maybe not Jack Del Rio. I don't think someone's going to take this title unless they also get assistant head coach, which also means higher pay. Kyle does want cohesiveness. Are you going to fit in? Are you going to speak our language? Are you going to push back? Like, 
Kyle's not going to add a problem to the building just for the sake of adding a different voice. He thinks he knows enough, which he does know a fuck ton. Yeah, and as I mentioned in the beginning, there are offensive coaches on the 49ers who are sought after for promotions around the league. Not going to name names or get into details. Kyle is very hopeful to keep his staff intact. He does have the ability to block moves with the contracts he's laid out for his offensive staff. Maybe not Rich Scangrillo if he gets promoted from QB coach to an OC somewhere. But you saw the Green Bay Packers. They wanted Matt LaFleur. He knows how to run a play-action system. The three teams who use play-action the most this year, the Chiefs, the Rams, the Patriots. Not all coaches know the system. Kyle Shanahan is building a tree of these guys. They're very smart. Other people around the league understand the Mike McDaniels, the Mike LaFleurs. This staff that Kyle's putting together is pretty damn special. And same with Sean McVay's too. So I would expect possibly an opening on offense in the next two weeks. And if not, I think Kyle may have had to block a move because I think there's that much interest around the league with these guys. Not every team, of course, but this is a mad scramble right now. This is a crazy time for assistant coaches. If you don't have a contract or you're trying to get a promotion, you know, they affect so many people. So many different teams become different with these coaches' identities. Yeah, KJ Podcast. Let's get into, I think the 49ers have seven or eight free agents. None bigger than Robbie Gold. I believe he's missed one field goal in the last two seasons. He was 33 of 34 this year. He's never been in the Pro Bowl, and he's one of the most accurate kickers of all time. And the Chicago Bears need a kicker badly. There's no way they're bringing back the goalpost guy this year, Cody Parkey. feel really bad for him, but Robbie Gold is going to be pretty sought after, especially since he's 36. For a kicker, he's, he's got five, six, possibly 10 years left with how long these guys last. He was in Chicago for the game. His family is still there. I do fear that the 49ers, they're going to have to franchise tag him. But Kyle might not do this to this guy. He understands his family is there. If he wants to go back to the Bears, there could be some sympathy here. I want him to stay. Why can't they sign this guy to a three-year contract and, and pay him for how accurate and incredible he's been? Bears fans have got to be sick that they don't have him. And they cut Robbie Gold, too. Walter Payton, man of the year. Every time he's at a press conference, he's incredible. He needs a podcast. This guy is a very good speaker. I want him on the 49ers long term. 49ers can franchise tag him. Justin Tucker has been franchise tagged. Phil Dawson used to be all the time. Definitely happens. It would be closer to four, five, six million instead of, I believe, they were paying him two and a half or three this year. So you're paying more. He is very valuable. I am a little worried he's going to the Bears. I don't think he'd go to any other team. If the Bears called him and Robbie was like, my heart's in Chicago, man. My family, my kid's there. I don't think Kyle's going to be like, we're franchise tagging you, man. You're fucked. You're staying with us. Like, I, I really don't think Kyle's that kind of person. He's vindictive. Then again, the 49ers go 10-6 and six and they need a big kick and they've cycled through kickers all year and it's become a problem. Kyle's going to be like, why was my heart so soft at that moment? So it'll be a tough call. If they're on the same page, franchise tag makes sense. 
if they're really committed to him, a three-year contract makes sense. I think at 36, a three-year contract for Robbie Gold would not be asinine. And the 49ers definitely have money. Jimmy Ward, he will hit free agency. He's obviously gone. And I feel bad for him. I've said this before about his career. He had so many defensive coordinators. He switched positions. Was he a safety, a corner? I really feel like he got drafted by the wrong team. If he could have been developed by somebody else, a more stable organization, he could have had a long career in the NFL. Fortunately, he's probably going to bounce around. Um, wish him luck. He's. I would be shocked if they brought him back. He's not that good of an outside corner. His best season was 2016 as an outside corner, and they should have just left him there. But they wanted to try Witherspoon, and they put him at safety because he had some instincts. I don't think he was ever that great of a free safety, at least in the time I was watching him. Mike Person, the guard, is a free agent. He actually started all 16 games. Can you make an upgrade at guard? Definitely. Would you like him back as a backup for minimal money on like a two-year, $10 million deal where he might be a starter? I liked playing here with Kyle and Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey. I'm pro keeping Mike Person as depth and being happy with that. You do have Josh Garnett too. You really can't move him. You don't really want to play him either. You'd rather play Mike Person. Clearly, he started all those games. Bradley Pinion is a free agent. He, I think he ranked 24th in yards per punt, which you really can't judge him by. Was there sometimes with field position, things like that. I rarely recall him shaking a punt. And I remember a couple big ones that he did have. But at the same time, I think it's it's about time to bring in competition for Bradley Pinion. I would be bringing in someone undrafted. I'm not going to use a sixth or seventh round pick on a punter ever, but someone undrafted that you feel like could challenge him. And if that guy is good, then he makes the team. You saw Michael Dixon with the Seahawks. Punters can be a weapon now. If you can find someone really damn good. And I think Bradley Pinion's between probably the you know the 25th best punter and the 10th best. I don't think he's a top 10 punter. You can unearth someone else. And I like him too. I hate to talk about his job security. He's he's a really good dude. Does a lot in the community. I, I, I hate talking about people losing their jobs here when we're talking free agency. But at the same time, it's football. It's about upgrading talent. And I think punter, there can be a competition in training camp. Mark Enzacha is a free agent. He appeared in all 16 games. I really remember him making one tackle for a loss, a couple big special teams hits. You can bring him back on a, on a one-year deal that doesn't count against the cap where you can, you know, n- no guarantees. You might sign a different Sam linebacker. I haven't looked at all the Sam linebacker free agents yet, so I'm, I'm torn. I, I would not hate bringing him back. You need guys, and he can play special teams. He's definitely not bad at special teams. Alfred Morris, I overhyped him. He's definitely gone. It was fun to have him. Things could have been different with Jimmy G in the running game. Matt Breida broke out a lot bigger than I thought. And yeah, Alfred Morris is at the tail end of his career. I think he still had like almost 400 yards. Definitely made some type of impact. Anton Exxon, he's probably gone. He got fined a bunch. He's definitely a physical player, out of position a lot. He did have that pick six against the Chargers, so there was a couple of highlights from him, but he played a lot more. I think you have to have someone better in that spot. I think safety has got to be upgraded. I don't know how they're going to do it either. And it's not drafting a corner and moving him to safety and all this. Like Get safeties that you actually trust. I would have kept Eric Reed. I said that all along. 
Kyle Nelson, your long snapper, is a free agent. He's suspended for the first six games. You can put him on the suspension list. You can get a whole new guy because you're going to have to anyway. So he might be gone. That sucks for him. If he was really just doing normal supplements, I feel bad. Yeah, that's the list of the free agents. I would expect Mike Person back. That's really the second biggest priority behind Robbie Gold is Mike Person. Most of the others you lose, you lose. And I would expect Bradley Pinion to be resigned in competition. Yeah, I mean, 49ers are lucky. There's no DeForest Buckner out the books this year. There's no really big contract. They're going to be able to splash in free agency. And I was tweeting about it earlier today. More I think about it, I don't know if I just want to spend money to get Randall Cobb or Golden Tate here. Golden Tate, nice play. Touchdown in the playoff game. He's 31 years old. Worried about the same thing with Pierre Garcon. Just him breaking down quickly and not being reliable. And it was just kind of another waste. That it, It's not a long-term fix. I'm not looking for a quick fix at wide receiver. And this is a discussion they're having in Santa Clara right now. If they miss out on Antonio Brown, they can't agree to terms. If, if he stays, if he goes to a different team, I don't think they can solve wide receiver this offseason. Unless Marquise Goodwin overnight becomes what he was in December and next year he's at 1,000 yards, you can't count on that. Like They're not going after Larry Fitzgerald. I guess Tyrell Williams from the Chargers had a good year. He's a big body. Kyle really doesn't like those bigger guys because you can't run all the routes with them. You can't do the quick stuff. They're kind of hamstrung at wide receiver. I don't think they're going to use a second-round pick again on a wide receiver, right? People have been tweeting me about Hakeem Butler, I believe Iowa State prospect. Going to be watching him. Excited to dig in on him. Yeah, the draft preparations are underway. Receiver, how do we upgrade it for the 49ers? John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, I think they're saying, hmm, do we really want to give Randall Cobb three years, $45 million? Do we really want to give Golden Tate two years, $26 million? I think those guys are going to ask between 10, 11, 12 million per season in free agency because they know they're going to get it. That's what happens in the NFL. You overpay, especially guys who make it this far and are this established and get five touchdowns a year and guys who have been to the Pro Bowl. There's teams that are desperate for these playmakers. I don't know if the 49ers and Kyle, Kyle overvalues, we've said this before, receivers. He's okay with undrafted guys and late round picks. It would be nice to have it, but I just I don't feel like Golden Tate and Randall Cobb are the right fits. It really doesn't feel right. I'm kind of Antonio Brown or bust, really. And then I I would hate to use a second round pick because I would like to pick defense twice. You picked offense twice last year. Maybe you do feel actually I don't know. Yeah, receiver is that big of a pressing need. They go edge rusher, wide receiver. You really can't hate that at all. KJ podcast, 49ers analysis. Blue Wire. That's where you're listening to this. That's where you can listen to Warriors, Raiders, Browns, Keeping It 300, Fallon, Smith, James Jones. A lot of different podcast content. Type in Blue Wire on iTunes or Spotify. You'll see all of our shows. Yeah, big picture notes. Matt LaFleur, Packers zeroed in on him. Kyle Shanahan taught him how to coach. 49ers have a head coach in this league who is trying to hold on to his assistance as tightly as he can now because they are going to be head coaches of other teams one day, possibly. This system works with the right players running it. The 49ers are trying to get there. The NFL, it's frustrating when the Colts turn it around in year one. It's frustrating when other teams, like the Chiefs, can sustain success, even though they're not winning Super Bowls. Like, 49ers are trying to graduate from the bottom 
next year. I'm really feeling like this team is going to compete. It's not a lie. It's not a bill of goods. They don't, they're going to be feeling pressure from this podcast, from Blue Wire. We're going to be saying, where are the results? The team knows it. They're going to have to get more talent. Right now, January, they're preparing for the Senior Bowl. I think Mayoko put out a big poll. Who should the 49ers draft? It was like 70% for Josh Allen. He looks the part. Quinnen Williams might be a better player and make more Pro Bowls than Josh Allen. And you look back and say, wow, we should have just done that. In this moment, to save their jobs, to get an edge rush right away, to get someone who's walking in as a rookie with five and a half, six sacks, getting pressures, changing the defense immediately, changing the tone of the team, whereas Quinnen Williams could take a while to get going, I think Josh Allen makes more sense for right now. And that just turns around the whole defense and it becomes, okay, maybe Quinnen Williams has more accolades down the line, but Josh Allen was such a piece that turned things around a la that Alden Smith piece, that one last plug to just light the whole defense. Well, Earl Thomas will be as well. They get those two pieces. The defense looks completely different. Jimmy G's healthy. Some type of upgrades have been made offensively in the draft or free agency. I don't get how fans don't believe that this team won't be good next year. It's all on Jimmy G. If he's good, they'll go 9-7. and seven. If he's not so good, they'll go 6-10. and 10. That's how it's going to be. That's today's NFL. That's why the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, my picks, I went 2-2 two and two last week. We'll go Chiefs over Colts, but then I am going to go Cowboys over Rams. Even as much as I believe in Sean McVay, I believe the Cowboys are kind of on a heater right now. And Jared Goff, I don't believe he's going to have a good game. And I think the Cowboys are going to upset the Rams, and it's going to be the biggest game of the weekend. I got the Patriots taking care of the Chargers in a really good game. And then the Saints over the Eagles. My God, if Nick Foles beats if he beats the Saints on the road, a team that Carson Wentz lost 48 to 7 to, Philly is gonna explode. What are they gonna do? But speaking of heaters and being hot at the right time, Philly is hot. Dallas is hot. All right, my people, that's gonna do it for today's pod. Remember to rate, subscribe on iTunes. Listen on Spotify as well. And yo, follow at Blue Wire Pods on Twitter. Trying to step our game up there. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.